0: Property prices are tumbling and negative gearing could be on the way out. Is it time to panic or is it already too late? I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review every week and I edit the Flat Chat website.
1: Hi, and I'm Sue Williams. I'm a journalist and author writing a lot about property and I'm the co-author of the book Apartment Living.
0: And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hi, Sue.
1: Hi, Jimmy. So you say prices are tumbling. Well, aren't they? Well, I guess they are. certainly in specific areas and for particular types of property, often apartments, sadly.
0: So what kind of what kind of property are you talking about?
1: But Sydney and Melbourne have both had a, a, a big softening in prices recently, but they're in some areas they're holding up quite well, and in some areas they're being impacted much more than others. There are areas where there's a bit of an oversupply of apartments at the moment. We're looking in Melbourne at the kind of around the Docklands, and we're looking in Sydney around Green Park. Uh, lots of those apartments are coming online more or less all at the same time, and so there is a, an oversupply which is kind of helping helping prices fall a little bit further.
0: And what about, is there anywhere that's uh, holding up the prices?
1: Yes, um, there are lots of areas which are holding up the prices. I think eastern suburbs of Sydney is doing pretty well. Um, The lower north shore of Sydney is also doing well, and the upper north shore and the inner west. Those kind of really popular areas are doing well. And in Melbourne, um, we're seeing places like Tourax, prices only softening a little bit. You know, those kind of places that are in high demand, Brighton, all those kind of areas but particularly with apartments, we're seeing smaller boutique blocks keeping their, holding up their prices and sometimes even appreciating in price right. rather than the big, huge blocks which are coming online.
0: All right. And these blocks that are coming online, I'm hearing stories about uh, negative equity. Can you just explain that?
1: Yes, that's where people are buying apartments off the plan and paying a certain amount for them. And often, because the last few years, prices have been appreciating so incredibly strongly, people were paying quite a premium for those off the plan apartments. But now the prices have softened. They're often discovering that when they actually come to pay the balance, they've paid 10% Um, deposit when they're paying the other 90% the actual apartment is being valued for less by the bank than the price that they're now paying for them so that in which case you know they suddenly have negative equity because they've paid a certain price but the apartment is worth less
0: so what do you do I mean do you just just say look keep the deposit
1: well it depends I mean if you really like the apartment and it's something that you really want to live in and it's a location that you really desire um, you may well think, well, prices go up and down on cycles, and you may feel that we're kind of getting towards the bottom of the cycle now and, and the cycle may be moving back upwards, maybe bouncing back. So you may think, well, you know, it's just a short-term loss And hopefully for long-term gain, if you've chosen well. Other people may find it very difficult, particularly investors, because they've been investing to to make a profit, really. Um, So then it's much harder to make a profit. They might want to negatively gear, but that's something where we're coming on to later as well. Some people are saying, well, no, I don't want to complete this purchase. So then they're they're foregoing their 10% deposit. They're losing that 10%. And Many people can't really afford to lose that 10%. But then I know you've you've been investigating this and you've heard of situations where people have tried to forego the 10%, but they've been prevented from doing so.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's from, from what I hear, um, some developers in some areas are going, well, that 10% deposit doesn't cover the loss in equity, so we're not going to bear that loss. You've signed a contract to buy the apartment and we're going to take you to court and force you to buy the apartment.
1: Wow. And can they actually do that?
0: Yeah, apparently so. I mean, it's it's a binding contract. The contract is not if you don't buy the apartment, then this will cost you your deposit. It is actually a binding contract in a lot of cases, and people Mm. are forced to go through with it.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Because we always think, well, developers bear the risk of changes in the market. Um, And they're kind of saying, well, no, the the consumers bear the risk as well. We have to share the risk is...
0: I don't know if they mm. even want to share the risk.
1: Well, <laughs> they, wanna, yeah. they want the benefit.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had the whole, um, the the Sunset Clawbacks scandal, you mm. know, where they were deliberately delaying the f- completion of apartments uh, so that they could uh, put them back on the market. And, uh, you know, the people who put their deposit down were handed their deposit back, but suddenly found themselves in a market that was much um, harder to get into with the money that they had. Mm so yeah, let's not uh, let's not consider too much the position of the developers in this. They they will look after themselves very nicely, and I'm sure most of them would rather not go to court. But it's a business decision.
1: Mm, it's purely that
0: you know they they say, look, we built the building on the basis of getting X amount of money coming in, and now these people want to walk away in a a market that is going down.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So you can kind of understand it, but it doesn't seem very fair.
1: No, it doesn't really. So it's very difficult for, for consumers who have bought apartments where in areas where prices may be falling, really. If it's any consolation, lots of researchers and analysts keep suggesting that we're actually approaching the bottom of the market now and they expect the market to bounce back either late this year or early next year. But, you know, still it may take a while to bounce back to, to previous prices. I mean, we've had over the last few years, we've had huge price growth, really.
0: It all seems to happen very quickly, though, doesn't it? I Mm. mean, I think as soon as there's a sign, like if anybody listening to this might go, hey, now would be the time to buy an apartment in uh, one of these blocks where people are desperately trying to get rid of their apartments.
1: Well, that's right.
0: And and then as soon as that happens, then there's a stampede back. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, basically, people have the same amount of money as they've always had. Mm. They just... uh, Everybody is scared of the idea of buying at the top of the market and having to sell at the bottom, and you want to do the opposite, and that mm. is in any investment
1: mm, absolutely and um, I interesting it you might be moving into an apartment or buying an apartment because you're downsizing or upsizing. if you're downsizing a falling market you're you're doing less well because you're selling your big home for a lot less than your than the money you're making on the apartment. Um, If you're upsizing from a smaller apartment into a bigger apartment, then you're doing better because you're paying a lot less for a big apartment than you are.
0: (laughs) Than you would have. (laughs) Than you would have done. with Yeah, right. So you're getting more bang for your buck.
1: That's right. So I guess in any cycle, there are always winners and losers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the idea is hopefully to try not to panic.
0: Don't panic. That's that's our advice from the (laughs) Flat Chat Wrap. Don't panic. Um, We'll be back in a moment to talk about negative gearing. We're back, and we're going to talk about negative gearing.
1: Yeah, so there seems to be a lot of hysteria going on around the Labour Party's plans to abolish negative gearing on existing properties. Yes. Um, is that justified, Jimmy?
0: Oh, hysteria is never justified, Sue. So <laughs> <Good laughs> except point. when you're being attacked by a lion or something like that. But, um, well, then it's totally justified. Um, or when you've tried to walk away from your off-the-plan apartment and they tell you you're going to be sued, uh, that that would be justified hysteria. No, negative gearing is, well, basically what negative gearing is for those people who don't know what it is or don't have it, uh, which is actually the majority of people, um, you have an, a, an investment property. Um, the rent that you get from that investment property uh, doesn't cover the cost of the mortgage or the maintenance of the property and if it's an apartment that would also include levies and things like that. And what the current law allows you to do is to offset that loss against all your income, including your wages if you've got a job. So it's a huge saving and basically what Critics say, is the government is, is giving people a grant to be property owners. The picture that's often painted, especially by Mr Shorten, is young couples going to buy their first home. And there's somebody there who's got six or seven properties already who has the advantage of being able to negatively gear whatever price they pay which you as a home owner resident you don't get the opportunity to negatively gear your home
1: so it's unfair competition you know because the investors can maybe afford a bit extra when they're um, competing with you yeah f- at auction yeah mm. so it
0: inflates the, the, pr- the price now the problem is as many people point out well that's going to push down property values which kind of makes sense because now to be clear negative gearing negative gearing is going to be grandfathered as they call it which means that any existing arrangements will stay in place however if you have half a dozen properties and you decide to sell one of those properties or all of those properties the person who is buying it will not get the benefit
1: right. of
0: negative gearing the other exception is new properties brand new properties which you can still negatively gear this is to st- stimulate investment in building houses because there is a housing shortage mm. in this country and we need more houses to be built for more people
1: so it's encouraging people to buy new rather than to buy, buy old. Yeah, really.
0: very much so buy new rather than old and t- let those older properties find their own value in the market rather than values that are inflated by this Tax uh, break. This tax break. The other complaint, the other criticism that's been raised at this is because people can no longer offset their losses on rental properties, then rents will go up to cover the losses. Maybe, but then you think, well, you just told us that all the property values are going to come down, so obviously then eventually rents will come down.
1: Mm. So it could be good for renters in the long term, really.
0: It could. And and the other thing is that it will eventually make properties more affordable for first-time buyers, so they will come out of the rental market, which means that will ease the pressure on rents. I mean, you studied economics at university, I believe, and uh, (laughs) I remember seeing a university economics thing which was actually pipes filled with different coloured water and if you poured water in one thing the water it went up and down in others at different values sure. it's like they say you know if you laid all the economists in the world end to end they wouldn't reach a conclusion <laughs> so, sure. so everybody has a different opinion but mm. the they're truly independent people the ones who aren't either working for the coalition or or against labor or vice versa are saying, yes, it will make a difference, but not a huge difference. Things will kind of even out, and at the end of the day, we'll have a much fairer system where somebody who has eight properties is not being subsidized by the people who can't even afford to buy their first property.
1: Right because I think there've been some figures that have come out to say exactly how many people are negatively gearing property and it's a lot fewer than one would think.
0: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of negatively geared property around but the the number of people who are doing it is a lot smaller and pe- and it's multiple properties it's a way it's a it's a business you know for a lot of people. Now those people who I would guess will not be voting labor at the next election possibly not anyway um they are looking at well we're going to be stuck with these properties because when we sell them we might not get what we think their value is because the next person who buys it will not be able to negatively gear
1: yes but then prices have gone up so much in the last few years i mean they've made they've made their money anyway they don't need to make extra money by selling properties which can be negatively geared so
0: yeah the funny thing about people was money is they always want more.
1: (laughs) I've
0: never met Mm. anyone yet who's gone, you know what, I've made enough money in my life, I don't need any more, I'm going to give the rest of my money to charity. It kind of doesn't work like that. Once you've you've got the taste for it, it's Mm. it's like fried chicken. Once, (laughs) Once you've got the taste for it, you keep going back for more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're kind of thinking, a lot of the hysteria is just really not warranted because... You know, it will affect some people, but it it will benefit a lots of other people. And really, as a general rule, it will all even out in the end.
0: Yeah, I think the, the problem right now is we're in the middle of an election and mm. the hysteria is being generated deliberately by mm. one side or the other. Mm. Um, we just keep getting figures thrown out. Uh, they become headlines. And then the next day, the actual figure comes out and you realise that whatever the politician on whichever side said the, it was the facts, mm. turned out not to be the facts after all. Sure. And we had the case last week when they were talking about the cost of um, changes to the environmental policy. The same report was used by both sides <laughs> to justify how sure. much this was going to cost. Yeah. So probably now is not the the best time to get a coherent and uh, independent opinion, but. The general consensus is it will all sort out at the end of the day. Yes, there will be losers and yes, there will be winners. And all you can do is cross your fingers and hope that you're not one of the losers. A lot of people, and I include myself in in this category, a lot of people think there's going to be a flurry of uh, house uh, property sales or purchases.
1: Before January before, the 1st, when this policy will come in, if people yeah, win the election. And they will, don't abandon the, the policy in the meantime, yeah, there's always a yeah. chance they might do that.
0: Yeah, always. Well, they're politicians, that's what they do. But yeah, I think there'll be a lot of people buying into investment properties before this comes in so that they can take advantage of the, the grandfathering.
1: Sure, it's interesting. Um, I, I've just come back from Kokomo Private Island in Fiji, which, oh, is, owned by, old years. Yes, yes. which is owned by the property developer Lang Walker, Yeah, who's an extraordinary clever man. I mean, I don't know whether he's clever or lucky, probably a combination of both, but he was the man who sold his property business just before the dot-com collapse. Yep. He sold it over to Australand, this is Walker Corp, yep. and then he bought it back, and then sold it again to Mervac just before the GFC Yeah, <laughs> and now he's got Walker Corp again Yeah, and um, I said to him, you know, what do you think about apartment prices and what do you think about negative gearing and the Labour Party's policies and he said, I, I'm not even paying any attention whatsoever because they may not even continue that policy up to the election and I thought wow you know this is a man that we have to actually take notice of because he's been right so many times in the past I mean Bill Shorten is adamant that he will continue but you never kind of know no and I mean it it maybe it could be abandoned before the election or it could be abandoned after the election or or watered down in some way
0: well especially if They uh, don't win by as huge a margin as they think they're going to win. You know, if it's a hung parliament or anything like that, then you'll find people in the middle saying, "No, this is too extreme."
1: Sure. And you mentioned my economics degree, and of course, whenever we used to talk about economics, we always used to say the magic words first. Assume a perfect economy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Okay. So only then can you predict what the outcome will be.
0: And of course, there's no such thing. Of course. Right. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Sue's going to tell us about this new scandal she's uncovered about something called embedded systems. That's after this break. So we're back. Sue, Embedded Systems, what is it?
1: Well, this is a really interesting um, new aspect of new apartments, really. Um, Developers are being, their profits are being squeezed a little bit because prices have gone down, as we've discussed previously. Um, So in a bid to recoup some of their money, they're actually doing deals with retailers to install infrastructure in the buildings and then agreeing to let um to present the contracts at the first AGMs so that owners will sign up for contracts to maintain that infrastructure um and those maintenance costs are often very inflated and they help pay for the original installation of the infrastructure for instance um stormwater drainage i mean you kind of think you buy an apartment and you're going to have stormwater drains in the building that's that's you know
0: well you've got to have them
1: well yes but now um, some developers are actually presenting contracts at the first AGM where owners are expected to sign contracts for maybe six thousand dollars a year to maintain that that water drainage system which might really only cost two thousand a year to maintain but they're paying six thousand a year and that extra four thousand dollars that they're paying the stormwater company goes towards the installation because the, the developer has put it in has been supplied for free by the retailer to the developer so that's kind of a way of him recouping his costs
0: okay let me just run that past you again and tell me if i've got this right you've got basic infrastructure in a building like a stormwater retention pond or drain you've got to have that yep that's part of the building plan the company that installs that normally because every part of a building is done by different people they come along to the developer and say hey look we'll put this in for free if you get the owners to sign up for a very long contract to maintain this so the developer gets it for free that saves them a lot of money and the owners start have to pay over the odds is that fair that's absolutely
1: right and it's not fair at all i mean normally the owners have the installation for free and just pay a minimal amount to maintain it um so this is this seems to be a new thing that's happening um some strata managers and owners corporations have reported it going on with new buildings, and we're kind of worried that this is going to really escalate and it's going to happen to lots of buildings.
0: Yeah, but you say that the developer is turning up with contracts. I happen to know that the law is that they can't create a contract, they can't sign a contract on behalf of the owners' corporation until the first AGM. So how does this work?
1: Well, they present the contract at the first AGM, and people seem to be so um, confused. I mean, they're new owners. They don't really quite know what's happening. And so they'll kind of agree to sign stuff because they don't really understand what it is. you know. And they'll kind of look at it and think, well, we need stormwater. Of course we do. So let's just sign it because they're not going to have an economist there or a lawyer there usually to say, no, you really should seek independent advice about this. And it's really hard for maybe a strata manager to say to them, I don't think this is going to be fair.
0: Right. Well, where is the strata manager in all this? Because legally, the strata manager is supposed to be independent in this situation. They set up the bylaws, etc., etc., for the developer, but um, they're also supposed to be neutral, at the very least, independent, and be looking after the interests of the new owners of the building. Well, why are they not? stepping forward and saying okay guys this isn't fair.
1: Well they're in a really difficult position because at the first AGM the developer is actually paying the strata manager to be there so they're working for the developer then so they may see this as as an unfair contract but it's really hard for them to step forward and say look you owners shouldn't be signing this you should be getting independent advice to see whether this this deal is okay or not because they're meant to be working with the developer. If they go against the developer, they won't get any more contracts with the developer, and the developer will find another strata manager who will agree to go along with anything.
0: Right. So it's a rot. I mean, is it always unfair on the, on the owners?
1: No, there are some embedded types of infrastructure that are a really good deal for new owners. Um, we're seeing more and more embedded electricity structures being put into place. Yep. And they some of those seem to work extremely well. It means that you have a meter for each apartment so you can measure your own use. Right. And you go through and if there's any extra electricity, you can sell it back to the grid. You know, those right. kind of, you set up an, an independent electricity company almost. Right. So they, they can work really well. But it's just in these other kind of areas, the much greyer areas, that rules do seem to be happening.
0: But now that you have alerted the world to this, it will all be fixed.
1: If only the world was a fairer place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, yeah. look, you fixed you fixed um, a clawbacks, sunset clawbacks. So maybe the minister, the new minister. Um, what's his name again? <laughs> it's Kevin Anderson. Anderson. Yes. Mr. Anderson. Oh, somebody referred to him. As the boot-scooting minister for bells and whistles. Wasn't that you? Well, it could have been. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, maybe it's time to take a a brighter view of living in apartments. And uh, we'll be back after this break. And we're back and Sue what's your funny strata story of the week?
1: Well a few years ago I was living in a two-bedroom apartment with my partner and we both worked from home so we really needed a three-bedroom apartment so we could have an office each because we couldn't possibly work in the same room and uh, we came up with a really innovative solution we each had a bedroom as an office and then we put a pull-down bed which kind of looked like a bookcase in the lounge room to sleep on. Right. And it worked extremely well
0: fantastic and i
1: thought it was just you know it was a fantastic idea and i thought lots of people will will follow this idea and will copy it because it's so clever because you don't use your lounge room at night so you know why not sleep in it really yeah
0: so so why is this a funny story so it sounds perfectly reasonable to me
1: i went to a party and somebody i was talking to at the party said to me where do you live and i told them the building and they said Wow, have you heard about this really weird couple who live in that building who sleep in the lounge room on a pull-down bed? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought with horror, that is me. Yeah, and that's what people think of our fabulous new system. They, so they... soon afterwards, we abandoned our system and went back into the market and ended up buying a two and a half bedroom apartment.
0: Off the plan. Yes. From and that started a Corp. whole
1: new. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Um, Yeah, well, my funny story of the week is related to the column I I wrote about overcrowding and the the sometimes extreme measures buildings have to take to ramp up their security to make sure you don't have 12 people living in a two-bedroom apartment. And you, it's unbelievable, the the security that you've got. I mean, it used to be we had a a key, a brass key that you, you know, just a normal door lock. That was how you got in and out of your building. (laughs) And then, of course... As tenancies multiplied over the years, these keys would just roam everywhere mm. um, and then we the electronic key fob, which could be cancelled on a computer and then we discover that any of the key cutters in Sydney will copy these key fobs for you now there's a building several buildings in Sydney that have a system whereby your key fob activates a thing in the computer that brings up your picture picture of your face like a passport picture on the screen
1: great so it's sort of face recognition software
0: well that's the other half of it because there's a camera and when you put your key fob against the the door lock the camera looks takes a picture of your face and compares it with the one that they've got on file
1: Mm. so it
0: goes all right this is the person who owns this key sounds fantastic except I just heard the other day this woman uh, in the city was running out to get a pint of milk or whatever. She accidentally picked up her husband's keys. Oh no. Yeah. So she's coming back in, she runs the key fob on the reader and it comes up with her picture on the screen and her husband's face decides that she is persona non grata, she's the wrong person holding the key, so not only can she not get back to her flat, she's in the lift by this time, and it won't go anywhere because it's refused to recognise her, but it's also cancelled her husband's oh, key. No. Because it's being used illegally. So so neither yeah,
1: of them can get back in again. his keys they're,
0: they're living in the garage now. <laughs> Because he's got one of those beeper things. No, no, they just had to go and get the key re-registered. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it just shows you, you know, that, that some you think you have the perfect system, and it's a little mm. too perfect. Okay, well, that's all from us for this week. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Flat Chat Wrap. Thank you very much, Sue. Pleasure to me. If you do like listening to this podcast, please subscribe on whatever provider you get it from, iTunes. It's all free. It doesn't cost you a cent. You just have to sign up and you get it coming to your phone or your computer every week. And if you have any other issues or questions about living in apartments, go to the Flat Chat website which is flat-chat.com.au Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you again next week.